I go to church, I do this and I do that. And they get puffed up in pride, so puffed up in pride that they can no longer see the average person as someone that God loves. Well, hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled The L Word. We're talking about love, the love of God that flows through Christ Jesus for you and for me. We've been having a dynamic time. And today is part number four of that series. Remember, if you have not heard parts one, two, or three, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear the entire series and so much more. Now, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find them on the Google Play Store, find them on iTunes, CastBox, Stitchers, and so many more. So just try to find it. It's there. If you can't, then just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We have all the links there. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message, which is part number four of the series, The L Word, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, so we're going to get back into the subject entitled, The L Word, Love, 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 Love. All you need is love. Bum, pa, bum, pa, bum. All you need is love, love. That's all you need, but it's the love of God that we need. Amen? It's the love of God we need. Online community, it's the love of God that we need. And I want to welcome you guys that are joining us now live uh, uh, in the video, and also those of you you who will be watching us by way of replay, those of you that are watching on Roku, and those who will be listening later on by way of podcast, CD, however you're listening or watching, we want you to know that you're a part of this service today. So let's go ahead and get into the word. Now, uh, today we'll be speaking from the subtitle of Love on Hold. Love on Hold. Something can put your love on hold. So we're going to really get into that tonight. All right, let's go back to Ephesians, the third chapter, Ephesians 3. And uh, let's look at verse 14 through 21. We've been here for the last few weeks. We're just going to read through this tonight because this is such a very powerful Uh, scripture. And I pray that in your private Bible time and devotional time that you're making this a priority. I pray that you will really just memorize this and really just get this in you so that you may pray this over yourself, pray this over your family members. And I, as the pastor of this congregation, I pray this prayer over you. I bow my knee and pray this over your lives as well. So I pray that you will make this a part of your daily routine. Make this a part of your spiritual vocabulary, if you will, and make this a part. All right, let's go ahead and read this. Uh, uh, Ephesians, the third chapter, verse 14 through 21, and it reads, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, 
that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. And to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Hallelujah. So while we are being filled with the love of God and while we are rooted and grounded in love, we should, number one, love God. And we love him with the love that is given unto us. And we should love ourselves with that same love. Not with that human love. We should be loving ourselves with the love of God, and we should also love others with his love. Amen? Amen. All right, let's look here at uh, 1 John, the fourth chapter, 1 John 4, and uh, we're going to look at verses 7 and 8. And it says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. Why? For God is love. Now, let me tell you something. Love is not a doormat. Love is not weak. Some people say, you know, well, uh, all we can do is love, and they say that's they say that's something small. Love will never fail. You have to be strong to dwell in love especially in this society today. Love will never fail. Love will never run out. Uh, love is all-powerful and all-consuming. And after everything is said and done, there will only abide this one, love. Understanding the love of God and understand how you can operate in his love will take you to levels and heights that you've never dreamed before. So the Bible says here, let us love one another. That's the command of love. But there is something that will hinder or hold your love or put your love on hold. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Let's go now to First uh, John, the fourth chapter, First John 4, and uh, verse 19 through 21, just going down just a little bit. And we're going to read this out of the Amplified Bible this time. I really want you to get this and really hear this. Because remember, the Word of God is coming to uh, save your soul. Remember the Bible says, receive with meekness the, the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. And it is the soul that God is right now in the process of saving. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, you're born again. And I pray those of you that are watching and listening are also born of God. But if, you, if you're not born of God, of course, you can invite Jesus Christ in your heart and your life right this very moment. And he will surely come in. And when you are born of God, born again, remember, he gives you, you, or rather, you are transformed spiritually on the inside. You have a new spirit. You still have the same body. Before you decided to, uh, to ask Jesus in, if you had one tooth, you said, amen, guess what? You still got that one tooth. The body has not changed. Your spirit is new. Body has not changed. Uh, and it's the soul that now needs to be renewed by the word of God. Amen? Because when you gave your life to the Lord, you still remember curse words. And after you said amen in the prayer, you still remember those same curse words and know how to use them. Are you hearing? You still remember the old haunts. You still remember where to go and all that stuff. So God is working on your soul. He's saving your soul, transforming your soul. Say with me, Father, Father transform, transform 
my inner man. That is one of the most valuable prayers that you can pray. That is one of the most valuable prayers as you work in line and in step with the Holy Spirit to transform your inner man, to transform and to save your soul. Amen? All right, let's look at this. 1 John 4, verse 19 through 21 of the Amplified Bible, and it says this. We love, we love because he first loved us. That's why we're able to love, because God first gave you his love, because he first shared his love with you. All right. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates, works against his Christian brother, he is a what? Liar. He is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who, that the one who loves God should also unselfishly, that's a big word, should also unselfishly love his brother and seek the best for him. That is so powerful. It makes you want to kick your leg out. I'm telling you. Let's read that last verse again, that last phrase. Last verse, it says, and this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should also unselfishly love his brother and seek the best for him. Not seek the best for self, but seek the best for them. Remember, love is not selfish. Love always thinks of others. Love before it thinks of itself. Love. Are you hearing me? All right, let's look now. I want to show you this. And now, remember that love is not grievous. It's not grievous. Love is not grievous or grievous. Let's look at 1 John, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 3, and we're going to find this out. It says here, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the, is the uh, Christ is born of God. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? That he's the Messiah, the Savior of the world? Hallelujah. Well, if you believe that, that is if you adhere to and trust in that and lean on that, then you are born of God. Hallelujah. It's not talking about just mentally assenting, yeah, I know it's true, and never applying it. No, if you believe this word and have applied this word, then you are definitely born of God. Remember, the Bible says the devils believe too, and they tremble. So this is a believing, it's an adhering to, it's leaning on, it's trusting in him for your salvation. Again, it says, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. In short, if you love, if you love God, you should love whatever or whomever is begotten of God. Jesus Christ, of course, was begotten of God, and you and I are also begotten of God. In short, if you say you love God, you should also love your Christian brother or sister. Hallelujah. It's the Littman's test. If you say, I can't stand him, I hate her, this and that and the other, no, I would say you're not born of God. Well, there is something seriously wrong with that picture. Are you hearing me? Verse 2 says, 
By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments. Verse 3, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Uh, that means that they're not heavy or they're not burdensome. It should not be a burden for you to love somebody else. It shouldn't be a burden. It may be difficult at times to love others, but it should never be a burden, something hard, something heavy, something you have to strain at. Because then we'll get, maybe get to this on um, next week. We are the children of love. Isn't that right? You were born, you were born of love, by love, for love, and to be loved. You are the offspring of love. Say that with me. I am the offspring of love. I am a child of love. The Bible says plainly again that God is love. Now, as we are children of love, the offspring of love, it also, it, it also is reasonable to say that you are also love. You are love that was born to be loved and also born, also born to love. Does that make sense? If your father is love, you are also love. This is why loving others is not heavy. It is not hard because it is what you do. It is who you are. Hallelujah. So in fact, what we're doing tonight is not just learning to love, but we're actually learning to manifest the truth that is already within us, that I am love. You are love. We were born of love. We have God living on the inside of us. Hallelujah. And he is manifesting his love. So what we're doing now is learning and we're uncovering the truth uh, that is within us that I am love. You are love because our father is love. Hallelujah. Are you hearing? Well, it's the same sort of thinking. Remember, Jesus said that the Bible says clearly that Jesus is the light. Then Jesus says, you're the light of the world. Are you hearing me? He gives that responsibility back to us. In other words, we shine, uh, we reflect his light to the world. The, the light is, I mean, we're not light bulbs, but we should be good reflectors of Jesus that is shining his light upon us and to the world. By the same token, that is also true with God's love. We should be good reflectors of God's love. When people look at you, they should see the love of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Keep on preaching. You're doing good. Are you hearing? But there are things that can hold up our love. And we're going to discuss one of those things tonight. And it's something that is so so deceptive, so creepy. And if you don't watch it, it will pass you by and it can infect you and you not even realize it. Let's talk about this uh, thing that holds up our love and it is called this thing that hinders our love walk and it is being self-righteous. Being self-righteous will hinder your love walk. Let me give you some definitions of self-righteousness or self-righteous. Uh, the first defini definition is 
having or characterized by a certainty, especially an unfounded one, that one is totally correct or morally superior. You say you are morally superior. That's self-righteous. I'm better than you. I know more than you. Let's look at the next sentence here. This next definition. One who acts superior to his peers because he believes his moral standards are perfect. You ever seen some, someone that may maybe uh, dress in a holy way? You know, they may have on a certain type of length of clothes or maybe they have their hair styled in a certain way or maybe they're not wearing any sort of makeup or what have you and they look at you as if you are dirty because you're not looking like them. I've seen people, whether they would come in church and, you know, the man may smell like alcohol or, or this or that, and I've seen people turn to their noses up at them. O-M-G. Give me a break. They're saying simply, I am superior. I know, I know the master. Really? I don't think so. You're not, you don't have his character for number one. Hallelujah. When we act morally superior, and really that superiority, we're going to see this, is based upon some standards that they are upholding, then some of these standards are not found in the word of God. And, and mistakenly, I've seen people, they say, oh, I know a lot of word. I go to church, I do this and I do that. And they get puffed up in pride, so puffed up in pride that they can no longer see the average person as someone that God loves. Hallelujah. Actually, the closer you get to Jesus, the more aware of your sins you actually become. And this is when we cry out to, Lord, to, to the Lord to save our soul. Lord, I was still thinking that. My God, same thing happened to Isaiah as he came into the presence of the Lord. The first thing he says, woe, woe is me, for I have unclean lips and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. He saw holiness, he saw virtual, he saw perfection. And he saw his own imperfection. If you're not in a place where you're crying out, where you're not crying, let me say this, if you're not crying out to the Lord for the salvation of your soul, you need to go back and repent on that. You say, I'm saved, yes, absolutely. If you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, absolutely you are saved. And hell is off the table, glory to God. I'm not talking about you being saved, saving your soul from hell. That's already taken place. But there is a saving a, or a rescuing of the soul, of the mind, of the nasty thoughts, of these horrible words that, that continue to come out of our mouths, our, our attitudes, all this stuff that has to change. And listen, man is not your standard. God is the standard. Christ is the standard. Let me get off the soapbox now. Let me come back. Let's look, let's look at this a little bit more. Self-righteousness. Look at this next definition here. Self-righteousness is this. Self-rightness. Self-rightness. It is when uh, one who 
one who's um, writes themselves, one who writes themselves or declares they are right through their own moral standard. They may say something like, well, at least I don't cuss. Well, at least I don't this and, and I don't do that. And because they have this moral standard that they are keeping, they feel as though they are better than anybody else. That is self-rightness, self-righteousness. And so it's so deceptive, let me tell you, it's so deceptive that even though you're hearing this right now, and those of you that are watching and listening, you're hearing this right now, if you have the thought, well, so-and-so needs to really hear this, chances are you are self-righteous. Come on, hallelujah. Don't turn that dial. It will get better. Because if this is the thing that is holding us up, we need to deal with it and get it out of our lives. It is so deceptive that I have to watch it myself. I have to watch it myself. I have to watch myself, my faults. And if I see, I was at a conference the other week and, and I saw someone parade across the stage like a peacock and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm thinking to myself, that's not of God. But at the same moment, I find myself judging, oh wow, self-righteous. Let me stop that and take a moment and pray for this individual. Are you hearing? The devil will try to goad you into this. You got to watch yourself. Because when you are self-righteous and you think that you are superior to someone else, it's hard for you to love them. It's hard for you to love them. Are you hearing? Let me show you an example of this. Let's go to uh, Luke 18. Luke 18, uh, verse number 19 through 14. One of the best examples for self-righteousness you'll find in the Word of God. Uh, we'll look at this out of the New Living Translation, and it says... Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and what? Scorned everyone else. Can somebody say self-righteous? They had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men, here's, here's the example. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a, a despised a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. <clears throat> I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters and Sinners and adulterers, I'm certainly not like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. What is he doing? He's pointing to his own works, pointing to what he does. Are you hearing me? But the tax collector stood at a, at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, <clears throat> Oh, Lord, oh, God, be merciful to me, 
for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified. Say justified. Justified Justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, Jesus said, the master said, the bishop said, God in the flesh said that this tax collector went home justified before God. Now, what does the word justified mean? I'm so glad you asked. The word justified means uh, to render to render righteous or such uh, he ought to be, to declare, pronounce, one to be just, righteous, or such as he ought to be. In other words, God said righteous. The Pharisee said, oh, I am so good. I tithe, I come to church, I do all of these great things, right? But the sinner said, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Look at the attitude. Remember, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God is looking for people who know they didn't save themselves. Do you know you did not save yourself? Let me give you an example of this. This is is a great example. Um, There was this man that was in the water, maybe at a beach or something, and uh, and he had been in the water for a while and his leg cramped up, and um, he began to drown. And he was, you know, fighting in the water, The water was beginning to fill his lungs. He was drowning. No doubt he was drowning. The lifeguard saw him. I see the Baywatch people running out. (laughs) But that's another story. Lifeguard saw him, ran out, snatched him out of the water, and brought him to shore and did the mouth to mouth and all this stuff. The man survived. I doubt if the man got up and said, gee, I'm good, I save myself. I think the man was grateful. Oh, thank you, Mr. Lifeguard. Thank you, thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. I believe he knew that his rescue was not by his own efforts. It's not by his own efforts. The lifeguard saved him. By the same token, God is looking for people that know that they have been saved, that are grateful for their salvation. Hallelujah. That know that it was by his grace that they are redeemed, that they have been reckoned righteous. They still remember drowning in the water. They still may remember times doing what they did when they did it. They still remember it's by God's grace. And if the truth be told, if somebody were to put your sins up on a big screen somewhere, we'd all go try to run and hide. For some reason, those that are self-righteous have forgotten that it was God that saved them. They forgot the wretchedness of their own condition. 
And the moment we cease to be thankful and grateful, that's the time that we can become exposed and fall prey to a self-righteous spirit. I'm grateful that God saved me. And I pray that you're grateful that God saved you. Are you hearing? Let's look at another one. Let's look at Luke 16. Luke 16, verse number uh, 15, rather verse 13 through 15. Let me show you another one. We're going to really try to give you some more examples here. I want you to, we'll all be without an excuse tonight. Then I'll give you some solutions as we begin to close. Luke 16, verse 13 through 15. Uh, the New Living Translation says this. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Oh, my Jesus, did you feel that? You can't serve God. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Look at verse 14. The Pharisees, who dearly loved their money, heard all this and scoffed at him. How does a scoff sound? I don't know. I don't know. But they did it. They scoffed. I'm going to have to research that next time, Minister Nelson. The scoffing. Yes. They scoffed at him. In verse 15, it says, Then he said unto them, You like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts. What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. Self-righteous. The Bible says also in 1 John that all have sinned. If you say you have not sinned, you're a liar. All have messed up. All have made a mistake. All have. But for some reason, those that are self-righteous get amnesia. And they instantly think that they are better than other people. They get, feel superior. They look down on them. What I'm telling you tonight, and I know what the Spirit of the Lord is telling us tonight, examine yourself. Don't dismiss this word, because if you dismiss it and say, well, hey, I love everybody. I never do that. Ooh, that sounds self-righteous. Are you hearing me? Let's go. Let's look at some solutions here. Let's go to Philippians, the second chapter. Let's look at some solutions. And I love Philippians, the second chapter. I'm telling you, this is so good. I could take me a fork and some steak sauce, but really so good you don't need any steak sauce. I could just, this is so good. Look at this. Uh, Philippians, the second chapter, verse number 3, 311. I have New Living Translation again. It says what? Don't be selfish. And the very next phrase really just floors me. I love this. Don't try to impress others. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. You know, don't try to be better than other people. That's a lost cause. Are you hearing me? Don't try to impress others. Don't try to be better than someone else. The person you should be better, try to be better than, is you. Are you hearing? 
People are not your standard. The moment you say, I'm holier than so-and-so, I'm holier than Mary, I'm holier than Bob, boy, that's self-righteousness knocking at your door. The moment you begin to compare yourself with someone else, or you say, oh, they're holier than me, or this and that, and all of that, again, that's pointing right back to you. And you're disqualifying your own love walk. Stop trying to impress folk. Are you hearing? But instead, try to be better than you were yesterday. Amen? And as we said Sunday, once you see and know what God has truly called you to do, you won't be jealous about anybody else's stuff. You think, oh, thank, oh, man, I'm glad you got 5,000. Oh, great, 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 great. I'm glad you got 10. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Rejoice with them. Rejoice that, that they're in their lane doing what God called them to do. But you've got a greater work to do. And the moment you see the greatness, the moment God allows you to see the greatness of what he's called you to do and who you really are, you never desire to be like anybody else. Are you hearing Let's look at this. Uh, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Self-righteous person find it hard to do that. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. All right, this is us now. You ready for this? This is, this is us now. Ready? Online community, you ready? You ready? You ready? This is us. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Put on your seatbelt. Click, click. Here we go. Are you ready? 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 I can't, I can't hear you. But, uh, uh, okay, I'm believing that you're ready. All right, here we go. <clears throat> he says, of course, have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, if anyone could have said, I am superior, bow down and worship me now. If anyone could have said, hey, I am holier than you. If anyone could have said, I am, I am the stuff. As a matter of fact, I am God's gift to man. If anyone could have said that, it was Jesus. But for some reason, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know what it is, Jill. For, for some reason, 
we learn a little bit of scripture. We got a few prayers under our belt. We've felt like we've been elevating the church a little bit. And then all of a sudden, we feel like other people ought to serve us. That's not Jesus. Are you hearing? That's a self-righteous thing. That's not the call of Christ. Let's look at one more, then we're gonna close out tonight. Oh, I'm so thrilled about this. Are you guys getting something out of this? O-M-G. Let's look at this. Matthew 20, verse 25 through 28. We've got a lot more, but I think you're getting the point here. You have to watch out for this self-righteous spirit. Let's say you attain some type of position or, or some type of authority within a church or within a congregation or, with that work, or, it, or in work somewhere. And uh, you, you have that position and you have a certain place there, certain stature, but someone comes in, let's say, who has been born again a couple of days. And they say something to you, give you a word. If you feel like, what? You have only been born again? You still got spiritual wetness behind your ear, and you trying to tell me what to do? Self-righteous. Truth is truth no matter where the Lord sends it. Receive truth from a three-year-old, a four-year-old. Truth is truth, no matter whose mouth the Lord uses. Lord, you can use a donkey, sure he can use someone else. But if that spirit rises up, you trying to tell me? Whoo! Self-righteous. And you're going to find it hard to love somebody that's self-righteous. You're going to find it hard, if you are self-righteous, to love others. It puts love on hold. Are you hearing? Let's look at this again. So Matthew 20, verse 25 through 28, I think we'll stop here. It says, now, oh yeah, oh my God, thank you, Jesus. This is the moment you got to dance. You got to dance. Oh, you got to dance. All right, dance party over. This is when the disciples had some type of argument saying, who is greater? I'm greater. You know, Jesus, let one of my sons sit on this side of you. Jesus, let one of my sons sit on that side of you. You know, uh, who's going to be greatest, Jesus? Who's going to be greatest? The Lord's had to come. The Lord had to come and knock some stuff down. And here is the word that he gives them here. But Jesus called them together and said, you know, that the rulers of this world lord it over their people and flaunt, or rather, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Oh my God, have we ever seen people flaunt their authority? They got a title, now they're flaunting it in front of somebody else? Self-righteous, not the character of Christ. Are you hearing Remember, the truest standard, the truest standard of how we should live and how we should be was modeled by Christ. If Jesus didn't do it, don't do it. Let's look again. Verse number 26, it says, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. 
And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Yeah, that was good cough. <laughs> somebody, somebody cough online community right at that perfect spot. Come out, demon. All right, we all right. We all right. Here we go. We all right. Yes. Verse 27 again says, and whosoever, rather whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's the spirit of Christ. Can we make it any plainer? So now you know what self-righteousness is. You know what self-righteous does. When you see it operating in your life and you're going to see it, oh, just repent right then. God, forgive me. And I bind and cast out that self-righteous spirit. I renounce it. It shall not be a part of my life. See, this thing even travels if you, you're sitting in a room and you see somebody watching uh, a television show that you don't agree with and, hmm, I wouldn't watch that. Hmm. Woo! Self-righteous. Are you hearing me? We got to renounce that thing and cast that thing out. You're going to find it hard to love with a self-righteous spirit while you're looking down on somebody else, looking superior to someone else. You're going to find it very difficult to love them. You're going to put your own love on hold. Now, let me give you this, and then we're going to end up. We'll probably do this also on Sunday. When you see something, when you discern something is of another spirit, and it's not quite right, I want you to think before you speak. Think before you speak. The word think is an acrostic. I want you to think. First thing, the T in think is, is what you're about to say truthful? Is it truthful? Secondly, H in the word think, is it helpful? Is what you're about to say to them helpful? The I in think is inspiring. Will this inspire them to be better? Because anytime Jesus confronted someone in their sin, they didn't leave his presence feeling condemned and judged. They felt inspired. Even the woman at, woman at the well, whom Jesus rightly, I mean, he rightly discerned that she was an adulteress, rightly discerned it. But how did she leave his presence? Feeling, oh, no. What did she do? She left his presence on fire, wanting to serve the Lord, telling her whole community about Jesus. So before you speak, think, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? T-H-I-N. Yeah, thank you. N. N. Is it necessary? Is it necessary for you to say this? Is it necessary? Is it necessary for you to say now? Is it necessary? And then the K, oh my Lord, the K is that kicker. But the word K means, is it kind? K is kind. Is this kind? Is this going to build them up? Is this going to edify them? Or is this, or if you, or is it just you saying this is going to make you feel superior, going to make you feel better? 
as you bring them low, it's going to make you feel higher. So this is why you've got to mention it, because it makes you feel better about you. To judge someone in their sin. Self-righteous. Remember, you were drowning too. If it weren't for Jesus, you'd be at the bottom of sin river too. Are you hearing? So before you speak, you discern something. Oh, you holy. Thank God. I'm thankful for the power of discernment. And the Father will give you righteous discernment. You will see some things. But before you say, think about it. Is it truthful? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary right now? And is it kind? Maybe the thing you need to do before you speak to them is go and pray for them. Go and pray for them. And allow God to give you a window of opportunity to help them in that matter. But if you're going with a self-righteous thing just to make you feel better, to bring them low, oh, that's terrible. Don't do that. Are you hearing? So let's pray. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus for my friends that are listening and that are watching right now, my friends that are here in this room. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to identify a self-righteous spirit within us or that we may renounce it, that this thing may never again hold up our love walk. Father, we repent of all self-righteousness. We repent of it. We repent for looking down on others, thinking ourselves superior in any way. Father, we repent in the mighty name of Jesus, and we loose the blood of Jesus to wash the sin away from us. For only when we see others as those that you love can we have compassion on them and that we will give others the same type of love that you've given to us. Father, I pray your blessings on everyone that is here in this room now and those that are, those that are listening and those that are watching. Father, I pray that, that you would grant them peace. And Father, I pray that you would grant them great love. Use your people, Father, I pray. Bless my friends. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next time. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.